Okay, three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to Users First. I'm your host, Alessio Ferracuti, UX designer and podcast host. And today I'm joined by a special guest, Sarah Dudi, product designer and career strategy lab founder. And our today, our topic today focuses on how you can start designing your own career just like you would with a good product. And we and you can start working on the important skills that you need to improve. Before we jump into the episode, I want to remind you this, that this um, episode is kindly sponsored by Balsamic Academy. So a little bit about Sarah. She helps companies and teams understand the people and purpose behind the products that they're creating. And she also the, she's also the founder of Career Strategy Lab, a UX career accelerator that helps UX professionals get hired without having to apply for hundreds of roles. And thanks for joining us, Sarah. It's such a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you, Alicio. I'm so glad to be here. And hopefully maybe we can meet in person in Italy someday. Likewise, I would absolutely love that. I, I would definitely show you the ropes around the good wines of Rome. <laughs> I, I know them all, believe me. And okay, let's make a deal. If I come in the winter, I will give you a ski lesson. I absolutely love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure that would end very well. I'm a, I have terrible balance skills, but I'm oh. very good at eating. Uh, that counterbalances for that. We could have a drink first, do a ski lesson, and then eat lunch after. Yes, that's absolutely... <laughs> that, that, that's how things work in Italy, to be honest. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, no, I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, thank you. Uh, it's such a pleasure, pleasure to have you here. Uh, you've been literally everywhere online, um, contributing uh, contributing in the UX community with your videos, uh, speaking at events, helping out uh, new designers that are looking to make transition into into UX and they're struggling with with looking for a job, and you're providing them with with such an easy uh, uh, transition through your courses of um, of your of your website. Um, why don't you give us a quick rundown of you know of who you are and and what you do? Yeah, I would love to. So, you know, at the heart of what I do, because in UX, I feel like it's such a large umbrella of kind of titles you could have. So I really categorize myself as a researcher and an experienced designer. So that's another way to say that I do research and experience design, but I don't do visual design. So I can make wonderful wireframes that are pretty high fidelity, but I would not be making pixel perfect stuff and, and design systems. Um, but, you know, I've always been kind of, I guess you could say a generalist. So I have done a little bit of research, a little bit of experience design. I used to code like 15 years ago or, or longer. Um, and I think that really set me up for what I'm doing now in this work with Career Strategy Lab, where you know, it was really my research skills that helped me spot this big problem in our industry. And now I'm realizing anyone really has challenges of mm. navigating the job search, writing a really good resume, being able to have a LinkedIn that, that really helps them stand out. So all that to say, it's really fun to have this UX career and now be able to take those skills and apply them to my own product. Right, absolutely. And 
it's wonderful that you're doing that because you you have realized this gap obviously there is academies out there courses and boot camps that they're providing people with the means to become uh, a ux designer product designer visual designer whatever but they're not telling them how you can break into the industry afterwards so you have all exactly. of these skills but now what and it is very hard for for newbies to to be able to to bridge this gap because it is emotionally challenging and um, exactly. so a lot of a lot of these people are looking for a job and they have a mental breakdown and they say you know what maybe i'm not good enough i'll just yep. go back to my old job and so they spent money on uh, on a curse that they will never use again and uh they give up on the on the process so kudos for for helping people out um sarah very well thank you well yeah done. i mean it's it's really interesting to read the the stories that come into my inbox kind of describing exactly what you said right and it it really honestly makes me very sad that people literally say exactly what you said i think i'm going to give up on my pursuit of a career as a ux researcher writer whatever it is um but on the flip side it is really amazing to read the testimonials that come in because when I was making all this, I wasn't thinking so far ahead to the amazing testimonials we might get, but it, it is quite life-changing in that if you get hired and you're able to leave a job where it was, you know, a really negative environment or you were being underpaid or now you're able to pay off, pay off debt or, you know, buy a house or something like that, like that's the flip side of the impact of what we do. So it's honestly really cool to see to see that influence absolutely. that it has on not just people's lives, but people's career, you know? Yeah, absolutely fantastic. I, lo I love what you said. And eventually that's what we want to do in life. You know, we want to uh we want to um, we want to have uh, an effect on other people. We want to help others. So there is no better satisfaction than that other than the than than the amazing work that you already do. Um what do you think are the 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 the, the top um, what, do, what do you think hiring managers at the top brands are looking for in candidates? That's a great question. And I, I know that everyone wants to know the answer to that. So <laughs> let's kind of, let's think about this in a couple of pieces. First of all, you know, hiring managers, you have to put yourself in their shoes. And so after doing a lot of research on these people, I found that one problem they really face is they are oftentimes inundated with candidates applying who, at the end of the day, these candidates don't do a great job at communicating mm. who they are and what they do. And the irony of the timing of us doing this podcast right now is that I have just branched out into UX recruiting. And so now I myself have job openings out there. And this morning, I just reviewed 30 applications and I went through resumes, portfolios, et cetera. And it's very evident to me that people at all stages of their career, whether they're starting out or they've been working in this industry for 10, 20 years, a lot of them are not that great at creating a resume that is, you know, skimmable, scannable, easy to read, and not just the layout, but the actual, you know, content of each bullet point. And so I think hiring managers, as much as UX people like to complain about the hiring process and job descriptions and things, I think we need to put ourselves in their shoes 
and ask ourselves what is within our own control that we could change to help make their life easier. And I guarantee if you have a resume that is, you know, laid out, so there's lots of negative space, which makes it easy to read. You have well-written bullet points or cover letters came up um, yesterday. Some of these people that applied to this role I'm hiring for submitted cover letters and, you know, it wasn't four paragraphs. It was maybe two pretty short paragraphs. The beauty of those cover letters to, to the point of making the hiring manager's life easier, it helps kind of connect the dots and saves me time. So I don't have to go read your LinkedIn, read your resume, et cetera. And you can kind of summarize that in your quote cover letter. Do you know what I mean? It's like all of those materials, your resume, your portfolio, your LinkedIn, your whatever else, <laughs> they're kind of like the big movie. If we're going to use an analogy, the cover letter needs to be the trailer so that it helps us understand like why should we pay attention to this person you know right. what i mean yeah i understand do you do you do you look at do you look at the resume and cover letter before looking at the portfolios designers or do you look at the portfolio first and then the cover letter and the and, and etc yeah that's a really great question and i myself am still kind of experimenting with this and just mm. anecdotally based on what I just did two hours ago, I noticed that for me, I think I tend to gravitate towards going to the LinkedIn and the resume first. And here's my thinking as someone who just okay. vetted 30 candidates. So mm. I know that if I go into a portfolio, that's going to be very long. You know, some of them are 30, 50 pages. So I know if I go to a resume and a LinkedIn, that's kind of a shorter amount of time I'm going to spend. But also I think, especially with LinkedIn, you could make the argument that LinkedIn helps remove any possibility for bias because link, everyone's LinkedIn looks the same, give or take, because you know, the layout is mm. the LinkedIn website. Resume, right. it could be a little different because someone could put more effort into design. So I don't have a definitive answer, but I, I'll make sure I send you the link to this so you can put it in the show notes. But I did some interviews with mm. hiring managers at IBM, Shopify, Gusto, which is HR software, and another UX recruiter. And they all spoke about like, where do they start? So I'll make sure I send you that link so you can share it with your audience. That would be wonderful. Uh, yeah, I think I think that makes sense because uh, LinkedIn LinkedIn is very natural. So and it's also very easy to read. So from from there you you easily can can scan and understand um, yeah. where this person has worked, what are their their educational their educational background as well. So it is a very natural place. I can totally see that. Yeah. Um, what what other things what other things do you think are are crucial uh, to uh, to the to the hiring process that, that that you're really looking for in this person? Mm -hmm. If there is any, so you know, when it comes to user experience, whether it's user researcher roles, UX designer roles, UX writer roles, the resounding theme is really that 
when it comes to showing examples of your work. Now, mm. whether that is a big, beautiful portfolio or you know one presentation about one project you worked on, but hiring managers want to not just see the deliverables and like, here is the final wireframe or here is a screenshot of survey results from a survey I made, right? They want to understand this final deliverable happened, but they want to know what happened in order to get to that deliverable. So an example would be, you know, you redesign a homepage. Great. As a hiring manager, it would be really great if I could also see the before version of the homepage and then everything that happened in between. Mm -hmm. So was there research that went into that? Did you have three versions of the homepage and you did usability testing on some of them, which led to more changes, which then resulted in the final homepage. And that also applies to like research or writing as well. And the other thing I would quickly say about hiring uh, managers in the portfolio is that I think a pet peeve uh, based on conversations I've had with a lot of them um, is they don't want to see projects that kind of look like a literal checklist of the, you know, quote, UX process or double diamond process. And this is happening because, as you said earlier, you know, a lot of people are going to UX boot camps or college and university programs where for those programs, they have to probably do some presentation that shows every step they did. But if you put yourself in the shoes of hiring managers, if they're hiring you to be, for example, a researcher, and you actually don't envision yourself or want to be doing you know, interface design and visual design, then don't put that in your portfolio, you know, because mm. I think there's this misconception that we need to have this, someone else called it a checklist style portfolio, which shows here is my discovery, here is my research, here are some personas, here is an affinity map. It's, it's as though these portfolios are turning into checklists of deliverables and that A, doesn't go deep enough, but B, putting yourself in the shoes out of the hiring managers, it gets really darn repetitive. <laughs> if you look at a portfolio that has three projects in it and it's just like wireframes, research, persona, affinity map over and over and over, it gets pretty boring, I think, especially if there's no explanation. Right. And how can, how can a person that has just started and maybe it's in their first couple of years of experience uh, yep. can solve this problem because they maybe don't have a lot of uh, a big variety of projects. How can, they, how can they make this difference? I love this question. And one of, I think, the most strategic tips I can offer people is, let's say you've been to you know, a graduate or undergraduate or bootcamp program and you have this one project you worked on, you're so proud of it, but you think to yourself, I only have one project. How am I going to get hired if I don't have enough experience? It's the mm -hmm. question that gets asked on Twitter every day. Absolutely. But I tell people, 
let's look at that one project. And instead of having that be just one start to finish project in your portfolio, can we take that one project and turn it into three? So what I literally mean is maybe you take that one start to finish project and maybe you pull out the research part to be, you know, user research hmm. and usability testing for my amazing app I made, you know, whatever it's called. Then you could pull out the, I don't know, interface design part of it. So you get what I'm saying? Like, let's, instead of cover everything, let's kind of do it in chunks for lack of a better word. I understand. And so you can go much more into detail. So for each, exactly. each step, you can you can go much more into detail. And um, and but like for example, for uh, for for the research process, okay, like why did you do the research? Like what kind of product opportunities did you find in your research? What did those yep. opportunities uh, lead to? I understand. And with that, you can also show your design thinking a lot better yes. than than trying to to be like super general about it. And, and you will also lose the attention of the, of the hiring managers in the way. Yeah. And I love that research example, because this just came up a few days ago on a critique I was doing, but, you know, let's say you hmm. did a survey. A lot of people in their portfolio would say, next, we made a survey and sent it to 200 people. And that's all they would say. And maybe below that, they would have screenshots of survey results that were auto-generated from Google surveys or something. Mm -hmm. So to go deeper, hiring managers would want to know why was a survey the right research message or method to begin with? So why did you choose this method? What were you hoping to learn from this method? Who were the types of people you wanted to fill out the survey? And you know why did you decide to focus on them versus this other group of people. And then tell us a little bit about the survey. And then, you know, what did you actually learn from that survey? But, but don't, or at least in my opinion, don't just have screenshots of survey results, like synthesize it for me, you know, based on the survey, we identified these three themes of, you know, one, two, three, and that led us to then focus on these two features moving forward. So that I think is a really tactical example of how to go into the details and not just say, next, we made a survey and sent it to 200 people. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Um, Sarah, you earlier, uh, when we were talking before before the podcast episode, you mentioned something about um, about designing your own career and selling, and selling yourself. Uh, you know, uh, you as as you were with a product that you were making. Uh, what what did you mean by that? Could you could you go more into detail? Yeah. So you know, treating your career and yourself like a product, I think it really helps ensure that you don't end up plateauing in your role or ending up at a company that you know leaves you not able to do the things you really want to do. So how hmm. do we really design our career? I think the answer lies in what we do every single day. You know, you think of the double diamond diagram, for example, where you're discovering and defining and developing and, and all these things. And 
when I work with people to help them with their whole job search and resume, et cetera, we follow that same process, although it's a little bit tailored. But for example, if you think you need to work on your resume, let's say, um, if you're not really clear on what your strengths are, what your skills are, what you want to do in the future, then your resume is not going to be as strong as it could be. And it will hmm. likely be too broad and very surface level. But if you, before you ever start writing those resume bullet points, do a little bit of work to create, we call it um, a career roadmap. And then we have this kind of sentence called the compass statement, which is like a little elevator pitch for you. And it's like product discovery. It's like a product roadmap, right? And so hmm. by using this career roadmap and this elevator pitch of you, that helps serve you know, as a compass so that when you write your resume, when you choose the projects for your portfolio, when you decide whether or not you should apply for a job, you can kind of run all that through this filter of does this align with this roadmap, you know, career roadmap slash product roadmap that I made for my, for my career. And the other thing I would say, I was just telling some of the people in our program this yesterday, but, you know, in product development, why do we do research and why do we have product roadmaps and everything? It's to help us avoid the scenario of launching something that people don't want. And maybe you've noticed this, but I see a lot of posts out there on LinkedIn where people say, I've applied to 50, 200, 300 jobs and haven't had an interview. <laughs> you've seen these posts, right? All the time. <laughs> and, you know, I think to myself, if we put a product manager hat on for a second, a product manager would never let someone apply to 50 jobs if they weren't hearing back, right? It's like, let's just keep launching features and no one uses them. Well, let's keep launching features and see what happens. It doesn't make sense. So if we can be more iterative with our resume, portfolio, job search, and you know, not fall into this trap of doing the same thing over and over, even though it's not yielding the results we want, I think people would see big, big changes in um, their job search efforts. A hundred percent. And I can see, and I can totally see how that works very well, treating yourself like a product. So always having these, um, these um, you call the compost statement, right? Which mm -hmm. is like, which is like, from my understanding, like like a company uh, vision statement or mission statement. Exactly. You, you will yep. have like this this statement for yourself, and every time you're doing something for your resume or for your portfolio, it's going to be like, is it gonna help me? You're gonna ask yourself, mm -hmm. is it gonna help me uh, reach this in my career? And if it's not, then you shouldn't write in your resume or portfolio. So that helps exactly. you. That helps you strategize your career a lot better. Yeah. And that is making me wonder about all of my decision in my resume, right now, <laughs> which, I, <laughs> which I have to rethink after this, this, uh, this call with you. Well, uh, you know, it's, it. it's, it's important. And I think, you know, now that I've been doing this for a while, I can think back to times in my career when I made decisions kind of that were very reactionary and that I did not 
run through kind of the quote filter of my short and longer term career goals and, and a lot more things. And then I think of other decisions where I really, really was laser focused on will this, you know, freelance client help me get closer to goal X, Y, and Z. Like mm -hmm. it, the difference is very, um, what's the phrase night and day between the result of, you know, those activities. Of course, of course. You, you if you, if you're looking for a UX design role, you don't want to uh, have a resume leading towards uh, user research. You want to make sure right. that it's, uh, it's targeted. Well, especially with so many people who are now switching careers into user experience, whether they were graphic designers and flash and animation designers coming into mm. UX or teachers or journalists or um, occupational therapists and Let's use that graphic designer example. A lot of times on graphic designers who are switching into user experience, you know, in their portfolio, they will have video graphics they made and animations and all this stuff. And mm -hmm. my kind of attitude is it's great that you can do those things, but I want to see more of the skills that relate to user experience so that that previous experience doesn't kind of overshadow your mm. UX skills. And same thing with a teacher, you know, the, the key is to identify those things that you did as a teacher or as a journalist that almost have a little dotted line over to what you'd be doing in user experience. So I imagine, you know, research, for example, if you're a journalist or a teacher. Absolutely fantastic. Um, I have a question. Maybe, maybe it's a bit. Um, you probably heard this question like a thousand times, <laughs> maybe if not. not even more. <laughs> maybe not. Maybe a new question. I doubt that though. Uh, with all of the students they have, uh, I was wondering how do I know? How do I know how I want to? How do I want to strategize my my resume? Uh, especially if I'm if I, if it's a person in the beginning, right? That has maybe one year of experience, two years of experience. Mm -hmm. Maybe they haven't even started. How do they know which direction they want to go in their resume, in their portfolio? Um, for example, I, how do I know I want to go towards a UX generalist um, mm. position or maybe a UX strategist position or maybe UX research? How do I find my own strengths? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think there's probably two parts to this answer. I think some people, when they're starting out in user experience, know that they definitely want to end up doing research or UX writing, for example. And if you know that, that's great. If you don't know that, don't stress out about it because it's the beginning of your career. How would you know? And so I think if you're that person who doesn't know, you want to aim to get hired at a company that will give you the opportunity to be exposed to many different parts of, of user experience so that you can, you know, decide, do I really like doing research or does it seem like I'm really into UX writing, for example? Um, in terms of the actual resume and just starting out, you know, this person may not have, you know, four things in their job history, for example. So in that case, one thing I've seen that is quite effective is to do um, 
what I call kind of a hybrid resume. So maybe you do have one or two places you've worked previously, but you also have a section on your resume, maybe it's called projects or UX experience or something like that. And in that section, you could highlight one or two different projects you have worked on, projects meaning like products, apps, what have you, that demonstrate your experience in user experience. And maybe those are things you did in school or as a freelance project or something. But the point is, if you don't have experience yet in a, in a paying job, let's highlight the experience you do have from you know, your education or internships or whatever. And then you know, at two years from now, you'll change your resume and it will just be all work history. Right, right. And that, that's an excellent suggestion. Um, now that you're talking about it, I just remember what I did when I was a student I, and I was looking for a job. I mm -hmm. tried to highlight all of my possible strengths that I had when I was studying and even mentioning my collaboration with my, uh, with my, with my student fellows, really yeah. trying, to, trying to maximize whatever skills I had, which were basically zero, but I was trying my best to, to, exactly. to leverage whatever backgrounds I have. That's where, where a lot of people lack, to be honest. They, they have a really hard time to find their strengths. But if you look very closely, you have strengths everywhere. You just need to learn how, how to leverage them. Even your weaknesses can become your strengths. Mm -hmm. Like um, my, my, my strongest weakness is visual design. And uh, the, the reason why I say that it's visual design is because if I go into an interview, I say I'm not really a great visual design, but designer, but... I'm always taking tutorials on how to become better. Mm. So by saying that, it makes it makes inter it makes my hiring managers think like, oh, okay, this person is not really good at this, and he he's something in it. But he also says that he's taking tutorials on it every single yep. day to get better in it. So that's my strongest weakness, if it makes well, sense. Well, and I think it also communicates to me that you are a learner, that you're curious that you're proactive, you know, and that you took it upon yourself to develop this area, you know, so that you become stronger in it. And I think that it's brilliant. And people kind of often focus so much on the like software they know, or that they have experience mm. doing this type of research or that type of research. And, and all of that is obviously important, but on this job I'm hiring for, one of the questions on the application is, what is your superpower? And it's kind of open-ended. And I love this question love because it. some people will say like, I know how to use Figma. But the people that stood out to me this morning, one person said their superpower was listening. I thought that was really interesting. And another one said their superpower was synthesis. So it's a user researcher position and those two people, the listener and the synthesis, that really stood out to me. And they said more than just synthesis. They kind of gave an example. But, you know, it's, it's one thing to know how to use different software and write a survey. It's another thing to know how to synthesize those results, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, fun. that's fantastic. And I think those people uh, really prepared themselves before the interview. <laughs> before yeah, saying anything it, like that. 
I think if you're, if you're later in your career, people always say, what should I do to stand out? If I have, you know, mm. five or more years of experience, that's the type of thing that you can do to stand out. Like, I don't want to know that you know how to use the software. Cause by now I hope you obviously mm. know how to use it. I want to know about those mm. deeper skills that you develop over time. Um, synthesizing, you know, translating it to actual product features, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. A hundred percent. That's beautiful. Uh, tell me a bit about, more about um, your, uh, your career strategy, Lab Sarah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious, of, like, how did you start it and, and how, how did you grow it to the point that it is right now? Mm-hmm. So Career Strategy Lab had a life of its own. It started in 2017 and it only focused on creating your portfolio. And at the time, if I'm being honest, I was kind of being selfish and creating a product to solve my problem, which mm. was my inbox was flooded with people asking for help for their portfolio. And I thought to myself, I'm tired of replying to everyone one-to-one. I'm going to make a little training and I'll just have everyone buy it. And then that will answer their question. <laughs> so, <laughs> Super clever. A long story short, I did a little beta. It sold out. Then people started to get hired. And I thought I'm onto mm. something. And people said, this is great. Can you make it four weeks long, not 45 minutes long? So that was 2017. And it has evolved to cover more than creating a portfolio. So in 2021, last summer, um, mm. I launched this career strategy lab program, which is really end to end from creating this compass statement and career roadmap all the way through to getting hired. And it covers your resume, your portfolio, how to optimize your LinkedIn and use LinkedIn for your job search in a really strategic way, prepare for interviews, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it's not a UX bootcamp where we would be teaching you like, what is the difference between UX and UI or something like that? It's very focused on that outcome of getting hired once you know how to do user experience. Absolutely love it, and I think um, the people listening to this website, to this episode, please go go check out uh, Sarah's website. It's uh, careerstrategylab.com, right? Correct. Yep. Correct. Exactly. Okay. Please go check it out, and um, also if you're interested in uh, more articles on uh, how to land a job, or articles on uh, wireframing, or uh, design methods, you can go check out uh, some of the content that um, the Balsamic Academy that is kindly sponsoring this uh, this episode this episode is doing. Uh, it's an upcoming academy uh, that right now is making all articles. It's becoming a bit like uh, the Neil Sir Norman uh, type That's of cool. resources. Yeah, they're they're they're. It's an up and coming platform. They are they're trying to they're building their way up and they're making yeah. they're making amazing content out there. Big shout out to Leon and uh, Francesca. They're my friends. I'm making like, the, the big effort. I'm going to check it out after. <laughs> Cheers for that. Um, yeah, I, I mean, amazing, Sarah. Like you, 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 started out, you started out solving your own problem and then you realized the potential of it and then you can actually help more people and you, 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 made, a, you made it now a big, a big successful um, company. Uh, how how busy how busy does it keep you with because you're also a full-time uh product designer right now well no that's the that's the mm. 
the difference now, I, I had my own UX consulting business for about 10 or 12 years, but now over the past five years or so, you know, it's been a very slow transition of less client work and more of this career strategy lab. And now career strategy lab is almost all I do. You know, maybe I'll do a couple of projects a year if it's an interesting client, but yeah, career strategy lab, it's a team of five, including myself. Um, not everyone is a full-time employee, but there's five of us working on it wow. every single week. Um, so it really is, you know, almost my full-time job for sure. Yeah. Well, congratulations for that. Um, really opening a company is not easy. So no. <laughs> uh, well, well done. Well done for that. Really <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> remote clap. And for, for, the listeners, for the listeners that, you know, they're listening right now, um, I just wanted to, to give a quick wrap up on the, the few key points that I got from listening to you, Sarah. Uh, so uh, creating creating a resume should be um, should should be a very <clears throat> when creating your resume you should be making a very easy scannable um, and and uh, concise resume. Short cover letters uh, cover letters should be short, uh, summarized and to the point. And make sure you have your LinkedIn on point because hiring managers like Sarah will be looking at your LinkedIn. And resume first because it takes way shorter time and it reduces bias for them so make sure to have those clean and on point and when thinking about your career uh, make sure to have some kind of strategy think more about the roadmap of your career where it is, where it is that you want to get long term uh, think about the compass statement that uh, sarah was talking about uh, that's some really solid advice for everything sarah do you, do you feel like um you feel like we've talked about everything or is there anything that you would like to add? Um, I think this was really great. I mean, I could always keep talking about this forever, <laughs> but I think that, you know, considering there's people at various career stages who listen, some maybe are just starting out. Some maybe have worked in the field for 10 or more years. You know, I think that when it comes to getting hired, you know, a lot of people say, mm. well, what's the difference if I'm starting out or I have three years of experience or 13 years of experience? And I can confidently say that the steps you need to take to make a resume, make an effective portfolio, LinkedIn, be really effective in interviews, it's the same no matter if you're starting out or you're very senior. The, the only difference is, you know, the content and, and projects that you'll talk about. So um, hopefully whoever is listening, whatever stage they're at, you know, they'll be able to have some really practical takeaways for sure. I'm sure they will, because I definitely did. I was taking notes for myself during the whole episode <laughs> because I, I'm still trying to make my way up. So this is a great, yeah. great session also for myself. So thank you so much, Sarah. Look, if people wanted to shoot a message or contact you maybe about uh, Career Strategy Lab because they are really interested about making this step up in their career, where can they contact you? Yeah, the best thing would be to go to Career Strategy Lab and in the footer, I think it's called contact, but somewhere in the footer, there is a contact link. Um, or you can find me on Twitter and LinkedIn are also good places to, to reach out. Thank you so much, Sarah. Yeah. It was a true, true pleasure. Again, guys, this was Sarah Doody, Career Strategy Lab founder. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you. It was great to chat with you.